We are in the Gemara in Yavamas, Lamed Zayin, Amad Aleph, 37a2, on the bottom of the article Gemara. The Gemara is discussing the last case of our Mishnah. The last case of our Mishnah, of our Mishnah is a case where the, where the husband passes away without any children, and so therefore it should really be a case of Yibam or Chalitza. However, uh, the case is where they do Yibam, the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law do Yibam, but it's within the first three months uh, from the passing of the husband. Uh, so it's within the first three months. And then we find out that she's pregnant. We find out that she's really pregnant. And she gives birth to a healthy baby. Uh, but we don't know who the father is and from which marriage it came from. This child came from. Was it from the first marriage or was it from the Yavam? From that, from the Yibam and from the second marriage. If it came from the first marriage, if she was really pregnant from the first marriage and, and she was pregnant and she only gave birth after her husband passed away. Uh, so then she's really not obligated in Yibam. There's, a, there's no idea of Yibam or Chalitza because there is a child from that first marriage. And then when they had sexual relations between the Yavam, between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, that is a severe prohibition. That is a very severe prohibition of a brother-in-law and sister-in-law engaging in sexual relations. Uh, and that would be the case if the child was from the first husband was from the husband. If the child is from the Yavam, from the brother-in-law, so then that's fine. That means that they, she did not have any children in her first marriage. And this is her child from the second marriage, from the Yavam, from the brother-in-law. And that is completely fine. And uh, she, she didn't do anything wrong. So we just don't know. It's impossible uh, for us to know, especially in the times of the Gemara. It's impossible for us to know if this child comes from the first marriage or from the second marriage, because they did Yibam within the first three months. They, the, the brother-in-law and sister-in-law did Yibam within the first three months, and so therefore it's uh, very difficult to know uh, who the father is of this child. Um, and so therefore we are left in a situation where we just don't know. With regard to the child uh, himself, so that child is a perfectly uh, valid child. The child is not a mamzer. Uh, because in either way, either the child is from the first marriage or the child is from the ch- second marriage and nothing was wrong. And there was a mitzvah to do Yibam. So the child is a completely, he's he's halachically fine to marry whoever he wants. He's not viewed as a mamzer. Uh, however, uh, with regards to the brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they would have to get divorced because we just don't know. It's a suffix. We don't know if uh, their latter remain married because if the, this child is really from the first marriage, it's a prohibition for the brother-in-law and sister-in-law to be married. So they would have to get divorced. Not only would they have to get divorced, but the Mishnah says that they would also have to bring a korban. They would have to bring a sin offering, a very specific type of a sin offering, which is uh, in a situation of where it's, it's questionable whether one has to bring a sin offering. It's a suffix because it could be that there was a mitzvah of yibam. So since we don't know, so they bring what we refer to as an asham taloi. It's an asham taloi in a case where we just, uh, where we just don't know. So the Gemara now continues to comment on that case. And the Gemara says as follows, Tanar Abanan, it's taught in a Brisa. Rishon Roilius Kohen Gadol. With regards to this first child, let's say the brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they have this child, uh, or at least we don't know, either the child is from the brother-in-law and sister-in-law or it's from the first marriage, but the child is completely, uh, co- he's not a mom's heir. Um, he's a child from a, from a leg- legitimate marriage. Uh, so that, that child could even become the Kohen Gadol. Interestingly, he could even become uh, the Kohen Gadol, if it was a family of Kohanim, the high priest, uh, Tosos points out, just parenthetically, Tosos points out that even though in general 
we need to know the lineage uh, in order for somebody to become a Kohen, to be a practicing Kohen, and we need to know their lineage. He says that that's, and therefore we need to know who the father is. He says that's only true when it's in a situation of a child where the child is from is from a relationship which is outside of wedlock, out of his nus. Uh, but if this is all within marriage, this is all within marriage, and the child comes from uh, is, is is from a, from a marriage, a legal marriage, so then that's fine. Even if we don't know who the father is, because we're not sure if the father is from the first marriage or it's the brother uh, from the second marriage, it doesn't make a difference. They are still allowed to. Uh, the child would be allowed to practice as a Kohen, and it could even become the Kohen Gadol. The real discussion that the Gemara is going to have now, uh, for the rest of the time, for the rest of this recording, is really about what happens if they go against the rules and they do not get divorced. Let's say they don't get divorced. We tell them they should get divorced because we're really not sure if they're allowed to be married or not. Uh, and it could lead to a very severe prohibition. What about if they have a second child? So let's say they have a second child, Vishaini, Mamzer Misafik. So now this second child could be viewed as a mamzer. The first child is certainly not viewed as a mamzer because either he's legit, he's from the first marriage, which is fine, or he's from the second marriage, which is also fine. Uh, but with regards to the second child, it could be that really the first child was from the first marriage. There is no mitzvah yumer chalitza. Now this brother-in-law and sister-in-law are married and they're they're living b'isr. It's, uh, it's not allowed. It's a very severe prohibition because there's no mitzvah yibam. And now if they have a child, their second child... Is could potentially be viewed as a mamzer. It's what we refer to as a mamzer misafik. It's a questionable. We don't know for sure that the child is a mamzer, but a mamzer is a child from uh, a relationship which has a very severe prohibition, a prohibition of kares, uh, and a brother-in-law and sister-in-law is a very severe prohibition of where the punishment is kares of an early death, and so therefore the child would be viewed as a mamzer if we knew that uh, that it's a brother-in-law and sister-in-law that are married outside the context of yibam. This case is a suffix. This case, we're just not sure because we really don't know if if there is a mitzvah of Yibam here or if there is no mitzvah of Yibam here. It's a very questionable situation. So therefore, the first opinion says that this 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 child, the se- the second the second child, is a mamzer misafik. Is a questionable. It's it's a question whether or not this child is a mamzer. Uh, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, Omer, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, he's the second opinion in this price. So he says a mamzer misafik. There is no mamzer. When it's a questionable situation, we do not define the status of the child as being a mamzer. Now, a mamzer is a is a very uh, unfortunate situation, a very very unfortunate situation for the child. The child is not allowed to marry uh, anybody else within the Jewish people. He is, if it's a mamzer vade, if we know that the that the child is a mamzer, he's allowed to marry another mamzer and a few other people. Uh, but he's very limited in terms of he or she is very limited in terms of who they can marry. Um, and this dispute, there's a dispute here between the first opinion and the second opinion, whether or not we view somebody who is potentially a mamzer. We're just not sure. They're potentially a mamzer. Do they have the halachic status of being a mamzer? So before even continuing on in the Gemara, the Gemara is going to have two different opinions uh, about how to understand this dispute. What exactly are they arguing about? Uh, practically, but before we get to the Gemara, to just analyze uh, a little bit of what the Gemara will be discussing as an introduction. Uh, the Gemara is going to have a dispute within both opinions. We'll see two opinions, but there's going to be a dispute as to in a, in a scenario where there's a mamzer misafik, where we don't know if the person is a mamzer, are they allowed to marry another mamzer? Is it permissible for them to marry another mamzer? We know that 
if we have one mamzer and another mamzer, they are for sure allowed to get married to each other. Uh, the question is, what about one mamzer and what we refer to as a suffix mamzer, a questionable mamzer, a person who we're not sure whether or not they are a mamzer. So without knowing anything, one would say that certainly it should be forbidden. It should be forbidden because the one who is a suffix mamzer, it's questionable whether or not he's a mamzer. Well, it's, entire, it's entirely possible that he is not a mamzer. If he's not a mamzer, so then for him to marry another mamzer would be a prohibition. Just like it would be a prohibition for anybody else amongst the Jewish people to marry a mamzer. So this suffix mamzer, this questionable mamzer, on the side, on the side that uh, he's not a mamzer, it should be a prohibition for him to marry another mamzer. So we should really be uh, stringent. However, the reason to be lenient is based on a drusha. It's based on a, a an explanation of the verse. The verse says that a mamzer is not allowed to come to Kahal Yisrael. He's not allowed to join and marry uh, somebody who is amongst the Jewish people. And there are those who have the drasha. They expound upon it and they say that it's only the, the prohibition only exists to somebody who's for sure a non-mamzer. Somebody who is certainly not a mamzer. The implication is that if somebody's que- it's questionable whether or not a mamzer, we're just not sure if the person's a mamzer, so then it would be permissible. The Torah is telling us it would be permissible for them to marry mamzer. Uh, that a mamzer is allowed. The Torah is essentially telling us that a mamzer is allowed to marry a non-mamzer. And that is essentially the question and the dispute here in this brisa. There are two opinions, uh, the Tanakama and Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov. The first opinion of Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov. And they, what they are arguing about is whether or not a, a suffix mamzer, somebody who is a questionable mamzer, is allowed to marry a mamzer. Do we follow this drusha? Do we follow the drusha to say that they are allowed to marry a mamzer? A mamzer can marry somebody who is uh, a questionable mamzer. We're not sure if they're. We're not sure whether or not they are a mamzer. Or do we take the position to say that no, that they cannot marry somebody who is uh, questionably a mamzer because it's very, entirely possible that they are not a mamzer, and then it would be viewed as a prohibition. So this is exactly the dispute. The Gemara now is going to continue uh, to understand this dispute, meaning who holds what. Does the first opinion hold that it's permissible and the second opinion holds that it's a prohibition or vice versa? So those are two different opinions in terms of who's holding what. But everybody in the end of the day says that this is exactly what the dispute is about. The dispute is about whether or not a Suffolk mamzer, somebody who's questionably a mamzer, are they allowed to marry somebody who is certainly a mamzer, somebody that we know is a mamzer. So the Gemara is going to continue with, uh, with Abaye and Rava. Amar Abaye. So Abaye says... This is how we have to understand the the two opinions in the Brisa. Abaye says that when it comes to this, when it comes to the first uh, the first child, everyone's in agreement. Everyone's in agreement that when it comes to the first child, the child is a is a is is not a mamzer, and he could even become the kohen gadol. He become he could become the high priest. The whole question is about the second child, any future child, and so he says that the first opinion is, takes the opinion that a suffix mamzer, somebody who's, it's a question whether or not the child is a mamzer, is forbidden. They are not allowed to marry another mamzer. They're not allowed to marry a mamzeres because they might be a non-mamzer. They might be a a kosher. They might be a perfectly fine. A uh, uh, fine child, not from any uh, illicit relationship, and not from uh, the relationship from a brother-in-law and a sister-in-law, and therefore we say it's forbidden for for that person to marry a mamzeres. 
it comes out an extremely unfortunate scenario where this person who is a suffix, who is, uh, it's a question whether or not they're a mamzer, they cannot marry anybody. They cannot marry somebody who is not a mamzer because they might be a mamzer. They cannot marry somebody who is a mamzer because uh, they they might not be a mamzer. So they cannot marry anybody in the end. That is the first opinion. The second opinion, Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov, is of the opinion that a suffix mamzer is allowed to marry a mamzer. So that person would be allowed to marry a mamzer. Rava argues, and he flips it. Rava Amar, no, Hachik Amar, Rishon Roy Leos, Kohen Gadol, Vishini Mamzer, Vade Misafek, Umutabra Mamzeres, Rav Lezben Yaakov Omer, Ein Vade Mamzer Misafek, Ela Safek Mamzer, Vazabra Mamzeres. Rava essentially flips it. And he says that the first opinion is of the opinion that a Safek Mamzer is allowed to marry a Mamzeres. This questionable Mamzer, the second child, would be allowed to marry Mamzeres, even though it's a questionable whether or not they're a Mamzer. Based on the drush, as we explained before, uh, the the way we uh, understood the pasuk, the verse, they are allowed to marry a mamzeres. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says, no, they're not allowed to marry a mamzeres. They cannot marry another mamzer. They cannot marry uh, anybody else in the Jewish people. They cannot marry anybody because they are have the status of a suffolk. It's unclear whether or not they are a mamzer or a non-mamzer. Therefore, they cannot marry anybody. That is Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov's position. The first position says that they are allowed to marry. So they basically flip it. They, it's the same machlokas, it's the same dispute, but there's but there's a dispute between Abai and Rava in terms of who says what. Uh, which opinion says that it's allowed, which opinion says that it is forbidden. So the Gemara now explains, why did Abai say what he said, and why did Rava say uh, what he said? How did he understand, why did they have a dispute in terms of how to understand the machlokas, the dispute which is found in the Brisa? So the Gemara is going to explain, essentially, we'll see it in a second, but the Gemara is essentially going to explain that Everybody agrees that we follow the position of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. We follow the position of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Uh, the Gemara refers to him as Kav Venaki. He was very short and to the point and sharp. Uh, and so therefore we follow his position because he was very concise and sharp. And, and so therefore we follow his position. And, and so and the question, their dispute is, is what is the halacha? In the end of the day, what is the halacha? Because we follow his position. So Abayi says that the halacha is that a, a Suffolk Mamzer, somebody who's questionably a Mamzer, is allowed to marry another Mamzer. And Rava says that they are not allowed to. That the position that we follow is that they're not allowed to. And so therefore, Abayi says Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov must be in the position that they are allowed to marry another Mamzer. And Rava says that Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov must be in the position that they're not allowed to marry a Mamzer because we, we follow the position of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. And so this is what the Gemara is going to say. The Kamifligib is Rabbi Lazar. They argue about not Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, but this is a different person, Rabbi Elazar. It's a different person. The Tanan, it says in a Mishnah, Rabbi Lazar Omer, Rabbi Lazar says the following statement. Vadam bevadam mutter. If it's a mamzer, a, a mamzer, somebody who's definitely a mamzer can marry another person who's definitely a mamzer. However, vadam besvegan, svegan bevadam, svegan besvegan, aser. Somebody who is for sure a mamzer cannot marry somebody who is a, a suffix, is questionably a mamzer. Somebody who is questionably, questionably a mamzer, a woman who is questionably a mamzer, cannot marry somebody who is definitely a mamzer. And if they are both question marks, so then they certainly cannot marry each other. Because even if they're both question marks, so then either one, as long as either one is kosher uh, and is not a mamzer, so then that would make it a problem. So all those cases is forbidden. And what are typical cases of an uncertain scenario? So they come up, this, uh, this mission gives three cases. Shtuki, Vasufi, Vikusi. So the cases are as follows. Shtuki is a case where we know who the mother is, we don't know who the father is. 
So we don't know who the father is, so that's a suffix mamzer. We don't know who the father is, so it turns into a suffix. It's questionably, it's, there's, a, there's a possibility that uh, the child is a mamzer. Usually we know who the father is. If it's in a regular, normal marriage, we know who the father is. It's a case where we don't know who the father is, so it's a questionably a mamzer. The second case is we don't know who any of the parents are. We don't know who any of the parents are. So that is also a situation where the child, the child might be a mamzer, might not be a mamzer. And the last case is a case of a kusi. A kusi is somebody who... It's a group of people called the Kuzim, and they didn't believe in uh, in some of the ways in which there's a halachic engagement done through either through kesef, through money or a ring, or with a document. Uh, they did not believe in that. And since they didn't believe in that, there were scenarios where somebody was halachically engaged, and then they married somebody else without having a divorce document. So that's not allowed. That's adultery, essentially. And so therefore, uh, there's a question whether or not the, the children of the Kuzim are mamzerim. So those are the cases of, of questionable, typical uh, questionable scenarios. The Amr of Yehuda, Rav Yehuda then says, Amr Rav Halachik Rav Lazar. Rav is of the opinion that we paskin, we, we hold like this Rav Lazar, this Rav Lazar who says that if it's a questionable situation, they are not allowed to marry a mamzer. However, Shmuel argues, Kamrisa Kamei to Shmuel, Amrli, when they said this in front of Shmuel, Shmuel said the following, so Shmuel said, argued and said, no, they could marry a mamzer. In the same dispute that we had before is a dispute between Rav and Shmuel. Whether or not a Savik Mamzer, somebody who's questionably a Mamzer, could they marry a Mamzer? What does Shmuel say? How do we know that they could marry another Mamzer? Hillel Shana, because Hillel taught the following. Asar Yuchsen Alumi There are ten different categories of Yuchsen, ten different classes who, of people, groups of people who went from Bavel to, to Israel. And we, he's going to list the ten classes. And we'll just listen, and then we'll explain what he says. Konim levim Yisraelim, chalalim, gerim, charurei, mamzer, nesine, shtuki, vasufi, v'kul mutarn lavo zebazeh, v'ad amras halachik rab lazar. Hillel essentially says as follows: We can have different groups, and he says that within the different groups, different people can marry uh, different people within different groups. So he says as follows: Kohanim, levim, and Yisraelim, they are all allowed to marry each other. A kohen can marry a non-kohen. Uh, and then the next group is that levim and Yisraelim are allowed to marry uh, chalalim, uh, people who are not allowed, they're pasal kuhuna, they are, uh, they're invalid to, to, to marry a kohen or to act as a kohen, so a levi and Yisrael can marry them, or a ger, a convert, a levi and Yisrael, a non-kohen can marry a convert, a kohen is not allowed to marry a convert, or if it's a freed slave, a freed non-Jewish slave also is not allowed to marry a kohen, but they can marry a non-kohen. And now the last category is a category of putting together the mamzerim, the people who are mamzerim, who are, are definitely mamzerim, and people who are questionably mamzerim. We don't know who their father is, we don't know who any of their parents are, and they're allowed to marry each other. Says Hillel, they're all allowed to marry each other, and that's the main point, that a, somebody who's for sure a mamzer could marry is allowed to marry somebody who is questionably a mamzer. So that's the position of Hillel, and that's the position of Shmuel. And so that's where this dispute comes from. Abaye sarvalak to Shmuel damar alakak Hillel. Abaye holds of Shmuel, who says that we follow the position of Hillel, that they are allowed to marry a mamzer. So therefore he says, So therefore he says, going all the way back to Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, that Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov must hold that it's also permissible. However, Rava, Rava Savalak Ravda, Mahalachik Rebbe Lazar, Umuki La, Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, Alibi de Hilchasa, Rava says, no, he follows the position of Rav, who says that it's forbidden for a mamzer to marry a Suffolk mamzer, a questionable mamzer. 
And so therefore he said, he made sure that, that Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, who we follow according to the halacha, that he also has the position that it is forbidden. So essentially we have this big dispute. There's a big dispute that's found amongst different, uh, uh, different of the, uh, of the, of the Tanaim and Al-Maraim, those from the times of the Mishnah and those from the times of the Gemara. Is a Suffolk Mamzer, somebody who's questionably a Mamzer, are they allowed to marry a Mamzer, somebody who's certainly a Mamzer or not? And so that is a big dispute. Okay, we'll continue with the Gemara in the next recording.